Welcome, Jen. Welcome, Andre. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Can you give us a brief overview of today's show? It's a bit different to normal. Yeah, well, we've been doing fortnightly shows instead of weekly shows. And why is that? Honestly, because of the pandemic. Because cinema's dead. Cinema's dead. Mm -hmm. And this week, we're just coming in for a little weekly show to do a spotlight because there's some very special screenings happening this week. Mm -hmm. One of them is one that we're presenting, a film that we first saw in 2016. That 18. hasn't... 2018. That uh, didn't get a release in Australia yet. So Until we've us, decided so. to take it upon ourselves to show everyone this very special film from Canadian filmmaker Drew Lynn about the Berlin techno kind of gay underground of... Am I going to say Berlin again? Berlin. Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. It's a <laughs> Berlin film set in Berlin, uh, screening this Thursday, thanks to Pink Flamingo Cinema's online curation. Called Extremely Online. So you can tune in at 6.30? 8pm. 8pm on <laughs> Thursday night. And we have an interview with director Drew Lynn coming up very, very shortly. But should we talk really quickly before we get and into that? And we're also about... going to introduce NADOC Week. Right but now? Well, let's play the sting and then we can dive into it. All right. Which sting are we playing? Spotlight. Spotlight. All right, let's do Spotlight. Spotlight. Over to you, Jen, because you've been scrolling through the website of the NADOC Film Festival. Yeah, so the NADOC Film Festival is going to be happening online this year, it, which I think is really exciting because it means that it's open to anyone anywhere in Australia. And there's going to be little talks after or before each film. So it starts on the 11th, which is... Compete? No, that's competing with But I'm a Cheerleader, which is also a live reading that Ooh. I also think we should spotlight no, because no, no, it's no, live no, no, cinema. No. We're not spotlighting that. We are boycotting that event. We're boycotting But I'm a Cheerleader because yes. you didn't get cast. Yes, there is literally oh a God. character in the film called Andre <laughs> that I could have played. <laughs> so we're boycotting that event, but please keep talking. Okay, so don't go see But I'm a Cheerleader mm -hmm. at Giant Dwarf on the 11th of November. It's all that anyway. Um... Watch In My Own Words, which is a film by Erica Glynn, famously directed... Oh, my God. I was about to say, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> what was the um, She Who Must Be Loved. She Who Must Be Loved. Which won the Documentary Award at the Sydney Film Festival last year. Or two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah, beautiful. No, it was last year. It was a beautiful, beautiful film about her mother who set up Gama film, TV. But anyway, watch In My Own Words, because mm. it's about learning Indigenous language. Then The Song Keepers is going to be on the 12th. The Flood Wick is on the 13th. Wick versus Queensland, which is about that famous land rights agreement in Cape York, which features all this like amazing footage of Marsha Langton up in um, Queensland and the sort of political turmoil that happened after that. And then West, West Wind, Jalu's Legacy on the 15th of November. They all are at 7pm and you can access them all on fanforce.com but I think if you just google NADOG Virtual Indigenous Film Festival you'll find the right links that you want and if none of that interests you you can always just go onto my favourite streaming service Vimeo and watch Tracy Moffat's Bedevil which is available very cheap and it's an icon of Australian cinema 
I'm Etherajan. <laughs> I'm counter programming. Anyway, what I'm excited about this is that there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be interviews with all of the filmmakers each night. And we'll pop everything up on the program page at fbiradio.com. Now, MM, who are you chatting to in this very special interview? We're talking to Drew Lint, and uh, Drew, we had the like pleasure of meeting Drew Lint um, at a film festival two years ago, and the film really stuck with us. At first, I found it really. I guess triggering because it was all about it's techno. all about it's all about techno men's sauna culture like uh, I guess like relationship twinning mm-hmm. um, horror and uh, I guess minimalist Tumblr culture. The film is like super informed by Berlin gay fetishization of minimalist uh, abstractions of like reflected reflected uh, I don't know steam and water. So it's perfect for a Sydney crowd. Uh, so perfect for a Sydney crowd. Especially people who want to criticize club culture. Hello. And who gave Soft Center like a mountain of smack awards. Literally. You've got to tune in on what is it? Thursday night, 8 p.m. Mm. We're talking to Drew, Drew Lint. One of the main actors from this is um, Nicholas Maxim Endlicher, who was one of the co-creators of Heron Sauna. What's Heron Sauna? Well, Heron Sauna translates to men's sauna, but mm-hmm. it was basically like a queer techno night that I guess like reinvented or reestablished 90s club culture in Berlin. Just dirty, chabby, techno, gay sex, uh, on-premises kind of... I don't know, culture. And then the photos of that went wild on, you know, Days and ID and Resident Advisor. And I think it's become like a bit of a phenom. Mm. Anyway, this film dives into some of the toxic elements of that culture, I think. And so we talked to Drew about that the other day and he was super open about it. Well, let's hear from him right here on Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI. Don't go anywhere. Woohoo! Recording. (laughs) Welcome, Drew. Thank you for being Thank with you. us. Thank <laughs> it's, you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really, I, I'm uh, thrilled to uh, have the film screening in Australia for the first time. I mean, virtual or not, that's that's fantastic. I'm, I'm so pleased. Thank you for organizing it. And thanks to Pink Flamingos as well. What is the mythology around Heron Sauna and like this culture that still speaks to people and like really gets under their skin? I mean, that's a great question. Like basically Nicholas, who is the, the lead actor or one of the lead actors in the film, um, Heron Sauna was like his, it was a Tumblr, I guess, like a blog essentially. And then um, he and some other, like his, his collaborators created the Heron Sauna parties, which now is also becoming a label. Um, and I mean, they, they had sort of like a very specific um, aesthetic to go along with that, which was very kind of like 90s techno rave um, and, and quite like masculine imagery in the beginning. Um, although it's become a very kind of like, I would say a queer positive, sex positive platform as well now, um, which is cool. And I think is maybe kind of part of a certain kind of, I think, I think people felt like the community really needed that. So I think it's, it is interesting to see the film as like fitting into that as well. Cause I think the film is pretty, I would say, you know, in, intended to be like critical about hyper-masculine, like patriarchal masculinity, essentially. But also, I, I think it's it's cool to see something like parents on the party and the label becoming like a positive force for there being kind of like a, a queerness to it, like queer with a capital Q, you know. Um, so it's it's it, yeah, it, it's an interesting um, world. This uh, the queer versus gay uh, world and how that's evolving. I also find your like Instagram really funny and kind of reminiscent of the film itself. And I was wondering if you like talked to the cinematographer and Tipper about that and like how you came up with like the aesthetics and like 
the idea of using so many sensual shots that aren't expositional, I guess. Totally. Anne and I worked super closely and, um, yeah, we looked at Instagram, we looked at photos, you know, that people were posting on, yeah, on Instagram and on Tumblr and on Facebook. And it's like, we looked at a lot of photography that felt very um, tied to that kind of like scene and culture because it is so, it, it is very much a part of the film. You're right. Like, yeah, and kind of, I, I mean, I like the word sensual. I think that's, that's an important word for the film in general. Um, but yeah, kind of like creating an environment that also, because it, it's seductive. You know, like the whole, the film is seductive. And I think, you know, this, the idea of kind of like, it's a seductive idea to strive for these kind of, to measure up in these kind of capacities, because when you do, then you're rewarded, you know, like, you know, if you can look this part and like be this person who you think you need to be to be accepted into some community, then you know, you kind of are, even if it's not necessarily, uh, you know, for the better. Speaking of which, did you have to kind of enter that like echelon of club exclusivity in order to make the film? Like, did you have yeah, to- Yeah, like have, who were you while you were making the did film? Did you have to like infiltrate the culture of MM to make the film? It's, it's funny, like I was definitely going to clubs a lot and was, it was, you know, it, it, there also is like a community aspect to it. And I think there are actually a lot of positive things that happen you know in clubs and a lot of like real community there but then also there is like a fakeness obviously to any kind of uh like you know social place where there's like social capital uh so it's it's a strange thing to to navigate positives and negatives both but um in a weird way i was living a life like that of, yeah for for good or bad i don't know and there we go, a very special spotlight uh, on Movies, Movies, Movies with Drew Lind, the director of M.M. Jen, real quick, who needs to see this movie in Sydney? Oh my God, anyone who's being caught in isolation is just like relentlessly horny. Totally, literally. I think it's a really gorgeous, scary, horny date movie and I think it plays better on a laptop than a cinema, so I'm kind of glad that it didn't get a festival release yet. I think it's going to be perfect. Also, we have like a longer interview with Drew that's going to be played alongside the film on Thursday night. So if you liked anything he was saying, you can tune in then as well. So the details are Pink Flamingo Cinema, type it into Google search bar, 8pm on Thursday for a feature film about Berlin club culture and then an interview that's extended with Drew Lint, Jen and I. I would say it's less about Berlin club culture and more about like cannibalising your lover when you're isolated and lonely in a new city. Mm, and 3D printing. And 3D printing, for sure. <laughs> uh, shout out to the person on the text line. Thanks for bringing this film out. Sounds great. I'm definitely going to watch it and is loving Jen and Andre's banter this morning. On that note, we're going to go into a little bit of quote-unquote techno. What's this? <laughs> with a classic, in my opinion, uh, Andy Garvey's Club Tool. You can listen back to movies, 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 wherever you get your podcasts from. And we're going to pop everything up at fbiradio.com.
Okay. 